1: Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the NSAA High School Baseball Championships from Werner Park in Omaha on Friday, May 17th. Catch the Class C game at noon Central, Class B game at 3.30 p.m. Central, and Class A at 7 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. Welcome to Heard at Sports Radio. Pocket pass, Coleman down the lane, off glass, and in Coleman. Henry Coleman the third has 16, 57-53 A&M. Second free throw, hits the heel of the rim in the front, off to Love. He can hurry with three, with two. NBA three from Love, banks it in at
0: the horn, Counted As Caleb Love waves bye-bye to the Cameron Crazies one more time. He's going to be responsible for another loss in Cameron as Arizona has come to Durham and knocked
1: off the Blue Devils 78-73.
0: Kicking off hour number three here on Herd at Sports Radio. We are on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. And for hour number three, we're on KFOR in Lincoln. We are joined now by Mike deCourcy from the Sporting News to talk a little bit of college basketball. Mike, how are you this morning? I am well, guys. How are you? Good. We are doing great. You know, it's a busy, busy Monday with all the... Football going on, but, man, I love college basketball season, so we had to make a little time today uh, to make sure we got to that as well. You know, we heard in the intro there that uh, the, some of the final moments of that Arizona against Duke game from Friday, uh, one of the better games, if not the best game so far on this young season. Do you think we learned anything about either Arizona or Duke in that game? Yeah, you know, I think
1: the main thing, my my main takeaway when I when I uh, picked Duke number one in our preseason rankings, the biggest concern I had about them as as a championship contender was would they be able to protect the rim? usually there's someone that can do that effectively, and they don't necessarily have that player in there who's an obvious front of the rotation guy. They have a a freshman who may be able to develop into that. But the guys you expect to play aren't really that. It is hard to win it all without such a player. And Filipowski is a tremendous player in so many ways. But that's not his specialty. That's that's the thing he does least well is defend generally. He's not a bad defender, but he's just not great at it. Mm-hmm. And then blocking shots is really not his thing. And you could see that with Umar Balo going to the, to the rim several times, and it wasn't just him. That was the biggest thing uh, for, for Duke. And then on the other side, I, I, I really liked Kylan Boswell as a freshman. I thought, that, I thought Arizona limited itself a year ago in not playing him more. Uh, I was not a huge fan uh, of their point guard a year ago, Kirk Carissa, who transferred to West Virginia. Uh, just, not, just not in love with him as a championship-level point guard. And I thought Boswell needed more time that he would have made them better. And we saw on, on Friday night, he's really good. And if he can develop some chemistry with Caleb Love, and that's not always an easy thing to do. We saw that at Carolina over a couple of years. But if he can develop some with, with Caleb, I mean, maybe Caleb learned his lessons, so to speak, that he needs to, 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 to meld with his teammates to, to, to show off what he's capable of and for it all to lead to where they want it to go. Uh, it certainly did in the twenty twenty two tournament. It did not do it at all uh, he, in in the 23 season. Uh, Arizona's a second chance for him. Boswell's a great point guard for him to play with. If if that combination works, they're going to be great. Uh,
0: you know, Mike, I, I'm glad you brought up Caleb Love because I've always had a very um... I guess, complicated relationship with his game as I watched him a lot at North Carolina. And you see a guy who's just, he's not a very efficient uh, offensive player. Um, He tends to turn the ball over quite a bit. I know there's things to like there about his game, but do you, I mean, I, I think if he's one of your best players like Arizona's asking him to be, that he might limit your ceiling a little bit. I guess how do you feel about Caleb Love in general and his ability to kind of elevate Arizona to that next level they're trying to get to.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that it's a challenge. I mean, he didn't play great on Friday night. No. Uh, I think he was 3 of 10 from the field, something like that. And six and turnovers, I think, too, yeah. Yeah, they were able to win on the road with him playing like that, which which is a good sign. I, 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 I can tell you that he did not – I mean, he and his teammate at Carolina were not on the same page at all. I, I remember um, when the uh, – uh, I don't remember the exact timing, but I think we were at one of the regionals or something like that. I think I was in Louisville, if I remember the timing. It could have been during the Final Four. And, like, on a Friday, uh, you, you heard Armando Baycott was was committing to coming back for another year at Carolina. And then, like, the next day, R.J. Davis commits to coming back for another mm-hmm. year at Carolina. And I'm like, well, I know Caleb's transferring. Both not coming. I mean, you just knew. You just knew. Uh, and so, I, I, like I said, I, I think that uh, the one thing that could help – R.J. Davis is not really a true point guard. Uh, he's he's a guy who has some point guard skills and at times can do that well, but he just isn't really totally who he is. Uh, that's one of the reasons why Carolina brought in an elite freshman uh, to to handle that, and R.J. could be a little bit more of what he is. And they, it, they hit it they, – they hit on – RJ handling that well down the stretch in 2022, and that's why they made the championship game. But it just wasn't a recipe for a long-term thing. So if if if, if Boswell is that guy, and I think he is, then Love can just be a scorer. And no scorer is going to have a great night every night. That's just, a, a, a shooting guard is just not going to do that. I mean, Casey Tominaga is working on it. When he's out there, he seems to always be good, but uh, it, it really is a truism that most most of the time, a guy like that's going to have some tough nights. But what you have to do on those tough nights is those three for 10s can can't be three for sixteen. Uh, and, and if you do that, you can you can and and that player continues to do his job defensively and uh, and engages with his teammates, then you can still win those games.
2: Michael, I know you are um, invested in the Big Ten as well. You talked about Duke being a team that may have some early season question marks. I think Maryland could be thrown into that conversation as well, somebody that was supposed to be established as one of the top maybe three or four teams in the Big Ten but have now since lost to Davidson
1: and UAB.
2: What do you make of that team?
1: Yeah, they can't score. It's that simple. I mean, they can't shoot and they can't score. Uh, and and I, I really didn't think that was going to be this level of problem for them. Uh, they brought in uh, some good freshmen, and co- uh, specifically Deshaun Harris-Smith, that they were really high on uh, and they were really excited about. Um, I, maybe, I, you know, I, this is not – but when they started talking up Jordan Geronimo, I should have known that maybe they weren't quite where, they, where we thought they were. Because Jordan's a fine player. Um, but Indiana couldn't get out of him what they needed to get out of him. And so if you're saying that he's going to be a key player for you, then maybe we shouldn't. I shouldn't. I can't say we. I'm going to take the blame for this. <laughs> I, had them, I had them as a top 25 level team. Uh, I, 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 thought that, I know that they're going to defend well, and they have. But they just can't get the ball in the basket at the level they need to. And, uh, Julian Reese was not good yesterday. Uh, they haven't been able to make perimeter shots. Uh, Harris Smith has not been a, a splash as a freshman. He may yet have a fantastic freshman year and they may work all this out. I remember, remember um they played they played really well at the start of last year and then they played UCLA and I don't think that I remember many games in which a good team got beaten as badly as they did at home by UCLA. Uh and then they played I think it was I'm trying to remember. I think it was Kentucky right after that. Uh, and got and got beaten pretty bad. No, I'm sorry. It was Michigan in, in the league. Uh, they got beaten really badly at Michigan, and one wondered whether they were going to be able to get off that deck. And they did. They 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 battled back. Uh, that's a that's a fundamental truth about a Kevin Willard program is that they are not going to relent. So I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if they find a way to score at the level necessary for them to be capable and competitive in the conference and fighting for a tournament bid, but I don't know whether they can invent the level of offense necessary to get to where I once thought they could.
0: We're talking with Mike DeCourcy of the Sporting News about college basketball. Hey, Mike, who's the most impressive team you've seen so far this season, whether it's somebody that you've been a little surprised by or just somebody you had high expectations for that has lived up to them? Who have you liked the most in this early season?
1: I think it would be unfair to not say James Madison. Hmm. Uh you know, I mean, they're not going to be win the national championship or anything, but they they've had the most impressive start to the season of anybody. They won road games uh, at Michigan State, which is top five team, and Kent State, which is uh, expected to win the MAC or predicted to win the MAC, the Mid American Conference. So I think they've had a tremendous start, and I, I, it, it happened that I picked them to win the Sun Belt, uh, James Madison. And so I had them in my preseason bracket for Fox Sports. And so I got uh, Bardo, Stephen Bardo, my partner uh, on Big Ten Network, started, like, talking me up. And I'm like, man, it it, it, it was just really good luck. I mean, (laughs) I could have picked another school out of the Sun Belt. But I I think that they were terrific. Uh, They shoot the basketball really well. They play with great confidence. And what they did in those two wins, it is not easy to get a bid, uh, to get an NCAA tournament bid out of a mid-major league. It's just not anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, because the, the power conferences play each other and, and they build up those strong records and, and they have great teams, and so it's hard to get those bids. But if, if James Madison go, can keep it up uh, through the non-conference and then go into the Sun Belt and do really well, I mean, you have to do really well. Uh, it, I don't know, honestly, off the top of my head whether Sun Belt plays 18 or 20, but if, if it's 18, it's got to be around 16-2. Uh, uh, and two. and uh, if it's 20, it's probably got to be no worse than 17-3. But with those wins on their resume and something like that, uh, they'll have a chance to get an at-large bid if they need it. Michael, looking up and down the top 25, who's
2: one team that you think was snubbed out of a preseason ranking after the opening week and one that was w- ranked way too high to open the year?
1: ranked way too high. Well, that's a great question. <laughs> uh because I generally uh when I look at polls, I, I don't you know I, I I I really try not to pay that much attention to them. I know <laughs> people think that's people think that's some, that's strange for someone who really lives in the world of college basketball. <laughs> but I do my own rankings uh for the preseason cuz we're interested and we're trying to get, you know, when I do that, I'm trying to to say, this is who I think is going to make the Final Four. This is who I think is going to win the national championship. And as I said, I picked Duke, even though I knew they had obvious issues. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think that, in the end, I, I think that, that Southern Cal is a team that we really liked, that a lot of people uh, weren't really as high on as we were. Uh, and I think that Kentucky is a team that if they can get healthy, everybody else uh, thought you know w- was trying to p- place them down. Uh, may- some people even had them out of their top twenty-five, uh, or you know deep in the teens. I-, I still think if they're healthy, that's a team that can win big. Uh, they- they- people have decided that freshmen can't win now, even though every time there's a good group of freshmen, they do. <laughs> uh, it- 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 it's-, it's this truism or-, or whatever in college basketball now. You have to be old. Well, you look. This is the, this is the, this is the fundamental truth about uh, freshman teams in, in in college basketball. There's never more than one or two of them a year. Meanwhile, there are about eighty teams that are trying to win with veterans, mm-hmm. uh, and seventy-nine of them don't. Uh, so they, they fail even more often than the freshmen do. It's just you know it, it's become this thing that people can't do the basic math on this. You know, Duke a year ago was a freshman-oriented team. And they won the ACC over lots of veteran teams, including one that brought back just about every player they had off a, off a, off a national championship finalist. Uh, it's, it's not magic to have veterans. It's, it, it, it's always complicated uh, to build a great basketball team, whether you have all freshmen or all veterans. There, it, it, as I said, there's no magic in having veterans or Carolina would be the reigning national championship. Yeah. And they didn't even make the tournament.
0: Mm, Good point, Mike. Uh, Speaking of a team with veterans, uh, I want to talk to you about our our local Creighton Blue Jays here. uh, Off to a a very solid start, although not against the uh, toughest competition in the world. Just through a couple games, how have you thought they've assimilated in some of the new pieces and dealt with the losses of of Nemhard and Kaluma?
1: Yeah, you know, I think from the – you know, at the start, I think that they've done fine. Uh, The challenges will be much greater as they go along. But North Dakota State is actually a pretty good team for the Summit League. I think I'm pretty sure they were my uh, selection to win that league, if I remember correctly. Uh, but that, it's, it's a good, solid team. I mean, uh, Stephen Ashworth is, is going to have to do the job that, that Nemhard did a year ago. And I think that uh, at the offensive end, I don't have much doubt about this team being really outstanding. Uh, they, the guys they lost, uh, especially Kaluma, added some bite to the defense that they're going to have a difficulty replacing. So two things are going to happen. One, Ryan is going to have to be even better defensively than he's been, which I know is hard because he's been one of the best defenders in the country <laughs> over the last few years. But he's going to have more responsibility for that now and more responsibility to change games on defense without getting into foul trouble. So that's the first part of it. And the second is their offense is going to have to be even better than it was a year ago. Uh, and I know that, again, that's not easy. But they, ha- they, they will be even a better shooting team with this group, with Miller out there, with Ashworth out there. They'll be even a better shooting team than they were. They won't penetrate the lane at the, at the level that uh, Nemhart did a year ago. Uh, but they'll be able to create uh, open jump shots uh, and knock them down at a high level. I, I think the key for this Creighton team to be uh, great on offense is for Ashworth to develop some of the chemistry in the pick-and-roll that, that, that Nembhard had with Ryan Kochbrenner uh, because that was a real big part of what made them great offensively. Is Because Ryan in a pick-and-roll, he's as good offensively in a pick-and-roll as there's been in college basketball in a long time uh, for a big guy. Uh, he's, he, his movement out of, the, out of the screen is just remarkable. And so if you can build some of that chemistry, then you won't necessarily, you, you'll have the opportunity to not only not lose anything on offense, but get even better because of that improved shooting. Uh, but uh, the, the defense is going to probably rely very heavily on Ryan uh, being the elite rim pr- protector he is on a more regular basis. Michael, we'll get you out of here on this.
2: My predicted Final Four to open the year was Duke, Arizona, Texas, and Creighton. Robbie's, yours was what? Oh
0: gosh, you're asking me to think all the way back to Come last on, week. Uh, Creighton? Creighton, Kansas,
2: Duke, and Michigan State.
0: Michigan State, I believe.
2: Michael, what? Uh, was your prediction of a way too early Final Four if you even thought about that when you were making your rankings?
1: Yeah you know that's part of it. Um, I I, I definitely had Duke in because as I said I had them number one and and that was my pick to win it. You know I think that Kansas will have a great shot to get back uh, to the Final Four again under Bill Self which which they've done multiple times. Michigan State to me when, I, when the season began, I thought that they were the team that had the best chance in the Big Ten of winning the national championship. A couple of things disappointed me in their game against James Madison. One, um, I, I didn't think they reacted well to adversity in that game. Uh, I, I didn't, it didn't, you didn't see a veteran's reaction. This is what I talked about before about, about, about freshmen and veterans. Well, if, if veterans are going to win all the time, then how could you put A.J. Hogarth Tyson Walker, Jaden Akins, Malik Hall, and Matty Sissoko on the floor and not win the game. Their veterans are playing at home. How do they not win? Well, because they didn't react well to adversity in that game. James Madison was much better than they thought, played better than even James Madison ordinarily would on a day. Uh, And those guys didn't, except for Walker, didn't react well. So I've always thought that Cone Carr uh, and Xavier Booker need to have big roles on this team, and I think Jeremy fears to an extent does uh, playing the point guard. These are the three top freshmen they have, and after that game, I'm even more convinced that in order for Michigan State to be what I think they can be, that all three of those freshmen have to make a difference for them. Uh, they're 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 more dynamic. They have more pure talent than the veterans do. You can't discard the veterans. I mean, A.J. Hogarth is going to be your point guard. Jaden Akins better be your 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 starting wing. Uh, you don't want him to regress. And Malik Hall's got to power through what he did that night he can't have those kinds of games if you're going to make the final four but I still think that that's possible and that those things can happen but uh Tom's got to see that the you know that if you're going to bring in guys like those three uh you want to bring them along at their pace right but eventually they have to be a huge part of what this team is in order for it to to be super successful.
0: That's Mike DeCorsi from the Sporting News. Mike, we appreciate your time. I'm sure we'll catch up with you again later in the year.
1: All right guys, enjoy the Gavitt Games tonight and the uh, Champions Classic tomorrow night and uh we'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks All right, Mike.
0: Thank you Mike. That's our friend Mike DeCorsi from the Sporting News. Really good stuff there on Why not be proper, Michael. Uh Michael, uh Mike, Michael, you know, whatever. <laughs> Mike, 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 Mike. Mike. Uh, just trying to <laughs> Just, you know, trying to trying to be friendly. Um Really appreciate uh, Mike and his uh, insight on college basketball. You know, there's uh, needed a, need a little bit of a, a, a football palate cleanser this morning. We had a lot of, <laughs> lot of football, a lot of things going on. Uh, one of the things going on, which we haven't got to yet, um, high school football finals are set. As we've got a couple minutes here, wanted to touch on those real quick. Did have an upset in Class A, minor upset with Elkhorn South, I would over. consider that an
2: upset. I don't know if it's minor. I would consider that uh, an upset.
0: Yeah, I mean that's fair, especially the way. And and listen, we talked about it last week how the Millard South Elkhorn South er, game early in the season mm-hmm. was real fluky, and it was thirty-three nothing. Um, but it was like a it was a but very reminder
2: sh- they lost Carson
0: Rauner. in that game. It was and it was a, it was a very strange game. They had two defensive touchdowns in the first half. Just a real fluky game, and we saw that. Uh, Elkhorn South was able to bounce back, beat them. They'll face West Side in the final, who cruised once again, forty-one nothing. I feel bad for Elkhorn
2: South. I really do. I, I mean, I don't. I, I felt bad for every team playing <laughs> West Side already this year. Uh, I feel bad for Elkhorn South. And and the reason I want to consider go back, you know, go back on Elkhorn South Millard South for yeah. a sec. Yeah, yeah. The reason I consider that an upset is I think people forget that Millard South was outscoring their opponents. Eighty-three to nothing in the playoffs. Yeah, and then Elkhorn South was the first team to put up points and then also come away with the win. Um, they're a good football team, and I really think they figured out how to win games without Rouner. and yes. that's hard to do mid-season yes. losing your top guy, your gunner, somebody that is going on to play college football, uh, um, that was you know commanding and, and yeah. was your general to uh, this and team. Frankly, and frankly, Ashton Murphy's great. He is fantastic. Right, but quarterback's a different deal. And when you lose your quarterback, it's hard to transition and still be as dominant as Elkhorn South has been all season. Yeah, I mean,
0: that's that was their only loss of the season was that Millard South game. Um, the, re- the reason I said minor upset is it was a two versus a three seed. So it's not like, you know, but I do agree that I think most people assumed, and myself included, assumed I, Millard South. I'll raise my hand, too. And we asked last week whether this would be a collision course between Omaha Westside and uh, Millard South in the final, and Elkhorn South said, excuse me, we have something to say <laughs> about that. Uh, so, obviously, congratulations. To somebody
2: the... else is at the door.
0: <laughs> yeah, Elkhorn South has entered the chat. Uh, so, congratulations to the Storm, obviously. Congratulations to Omaha Westside as well. Uh, that'll be played a week from tomorrow at Memorial Stadium. But, man, so Westside... Won 41-0. The previous game was 49 nothing. Game before that was 54-6.
2: Remember when I asked Kendi, hey, if I set the over-under for total points allowed this playoffs at 21 and a half, he goes, oh, I'd hammer the under. Well, it's looking pretty good right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, you set that thing at six and a half, which means anybody who scores on them mm-hmm. again hits the over, and I still might hit the under.
2: Yeah, you know what? Maybe I asked Kevin <laughs> Suits this week. Hey, if I set the over-under <laughs> at six and a half.
0: <laughs> I mean, and this is no disrespect to Elkhorn South. That's a good football team. But, man, uh, Omaha Westside has been on just a totally different level this And year. how about
2: the rematch in B
0: that everybody has been waiting for? That's Scott versus Bennington ever since week one and that controversial touchdown-no-touchdown no touchdown call. Got grainy cell phone video trying
2: to make it. <laughs> you know what? If we're talking about high school football being scripted, maybe this was the scripting in Class B, or In
0: class B, right? We will hit more on high school football later in the week and next week as we get into uh, state finals. Coming up next, though, we've got some college football news from a national perspective we need what? to get to
1: here on Herd at Sports Radio.